Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. And peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What's the difference between a stranger and someone you know? The difference is that in order to get to know someone, they have to tell you about themselves. They have to reveal themselves to you. Now, to know God me, re, implies, it means that God has first revealed himself to us. Otherwise, we would not know who God is. Oh, you might know that there is a God or gods. You might be able to look at the universe, nature, reason, your conscience. They all might show you that there is a God who created the universe and that you're accountable to him. That seems pretty obvious. But you wouldn't know who God is. You would never know how God feels about you. Even the demons believe that God exists and they fear him. No, we need God to reveal himself to us so that we can have a right understanding of him so that we can have a right relationship with him and that is what god the god that's what god does in the burning bush the god in the bush makes himself known specifically he does this in two ways he identifies who he is and how he will act. So first let's look let's take them both in order. First who he is. Now our text says something very strange happened. A bush was on fire, but it wasn't burning up. Now that would your, that would grab your attention on a cold dark night in the Judean wilderness, wouldn't it? The thorny bush just kept burning and burning. We don't know for how long, actually. Moses' curiosity was piqued. One translation puts it this way. I must go and see this remarkable sight. Why ever does the bush not burn away? Then, that's when the bush started talking to Moses. If a burning bush did not grab his attention. That certainly did. Moses was then told to take off his sandals because the ground that he was standing on was holy. Was the ground holy? What made that dirt so special? The place where he was standing was holy because the holy God was there. This was a manifestation of God himself. But verse 2 says 
And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame out of the midst of uh, in the flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Which is it, Pastor? Is it God or is it an angel? This angel of the Lord is no ordinary angel. You see, when we use the word angel, you might immediately think of a heavenly being, a big buff guy with robes and wings or some such. And, and that's how we think of them. Heavenly creatures who do God's will. But the word angel can simply be translated messenger. Messenger. One who speaks the word for another. So, follow the text with me for a second. Verse 2 says that the angel of the Lord appeared. Now, but verse 4 tells us, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush. And then in verse 6, the one speaking says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Did you notice the transition? Moses, who wrote Exodus, starts by calling him the angel of the Lord. Then he identifies him as the Lord himself. And later he identifies this messenger as the God of Israel. The identity of the two, the angel of the Lord and God, are interchangeable. Now, put yourself in Moses' shoes. What would you have done? And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. He bowed and worshipped. That angel who appeared, the angel of the Lord, is truly God. He is the same God who made the heavens and the earth and made promises with Abraham and renewed those promises with Isaac and Jacob. And now he appears in a burning bush to Moses and reveals himself as, I am who I am. No created being can claim this identity. The identity of the angel in this text is not in any doubt. He clearly says and is called God. Now, after I prepared these lessons, well, after I got them from CPH and started preparing the sermon, and after the bulletins were all printed, I realized there was a better text from John. So I'm going to read it to you now. In John 8, 6-58, Jesus was answering criticism from the Jewish leaders. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. And so the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And what's the reaction of the Jews to hearing this? They picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself out and went out of the temple. Could Jesus have claimed to be anybody greater? 
Jesus is claiming be God in the flesh. That's what he meant when he said, before Abraham was, I am. That's the I am who revealed himself to Moses in the unconsumed bush on Mount Sinai. The holy name of God, he applies to himself. And he claims that he is older than Abraham, even though he's not yet quite 30 years old. Little wonder the Jews took up stones to throw him. Would we? I wonder. We don't tend to throw stones at create religious people uh, anymore. We tend to institutionalize them, lock them away, put them on medicine, or ignore them. But think of it. A 30-year-old carpenter from a small village claims to be the God of Israel. What do you say to that? The point here is that the angel of the Lord in this text is the pre-existent Word of God. The Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity, revealed in the Old Testament. The Lord Jesus reveals His name to Moses from the bush. Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Our Savior is the great I am. The one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. Jesus is the very revelation of who God is. He identifies himself this way frequently. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the vine. You are the branches. He reveals himself to Moses in the branches of the burning bush. And then he takes on human flesh and blood so that we might become his branches. That you might be joined to him so that you can draw your life from him. Apart from Jesus, branches wither and die and are burned in judgment. But abiding in Jesus... That's where branches thrive. They get life. Jesus is the holy vine that takes root in Bethlehem and has now spread throughout the world. But So first, we have the identity of God revealed in the bush. Next, we're talking about the actions that this God is going to take. Look again at the text. And how God, the God in the bush reveals himself. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I have surely seen the afflictions of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. I have come down to deliver them out of the of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God is not some impersonal supreme being who sits above the clouds and wonders what might be happening on that earth he created several thousand years ago. He's not like a watchmaker who winds up the watch and just lets it go on its own. That's not 
the God we have. He knows what's happening here on earth. He's aware of the conditions of his people. He knows each of us by name. And more than that, he acts in history to save his people. Did you hear how remarkable that is in the text? The time had come for God himself to come down to rescue them. He miraculously enters his, their history. They will always know that the one responsible for their deliverance is God himself. The God who reveals himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this is the God who remembers his promises and acts on them. He acts on them to save and fulfill them. The children of Israel, don't forget where they are at this point. They are in slavery in Egypt. They were crying their distress, groaning under their oppressive burden. So what will God do? He heard their cry and remembered the promise that he made to Abraham. That he would make out of him a great nation and that he would bring Abraham's children into the promised land. He would, God has promised to free the Israelites from their slavery in Egypt. God had given them a homeland and put it on reserve for them. That was his promise. It was a good land, a spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And it was theirs the God of the burning bush is the God who acts to save his people. This was the promise that the Lord made to the patriarchs, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God in the bush is the God who remembers his promises. The Lord revealed himself as the God who acts in history to redeem and rescue and deliver his people from their distress. And that is why Jesus Christ came. He came to be your deliverer, your redeemer. In Christ, God himself has stepped into history to save you. We were in bondage to Satan, sin, and death. And we were unable and are unable to free ourselves. But just like God acted to save his people Israel. So he acts to deliver you. For Israel, it was the blood of the lamb spread on the Passover, the Passover lamb spread on the doorpost that spared them from death and frees them from their slavery. But for us, it's the blood of Christ, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God shed his own blood to set us free, to bring us into new life in our promised land. By his suffering and death on the cross, the holy, holy blood he shed for us there, our sins have been forgiven. Death passes over. And we are set free, delivered. Christ has risen from the dead. And he leads us out, leading us through the wilderness of this life. And he will, on the last day, bring us up into the promised land of the new heavens and the new earth. 
So which God do we worship? We worship the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. We worship the God who revealed himself in the burning bush as the one who would deliver and rescue Israel from their slavery. And the same God who manifested himself in the burning bush fully revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Christ is the God who redeems us. He acts in history to deliver on his promises by his death and resurrection and by his coming again. Jesus sets us free from the power and slavery that we have to sin. He forgives us. He gives us a new life, uh, a new way of life suitable to be God's children. And he gives us eternal life. And you and I will join the multitude around the throne, singing and giving praise and honor and worship that's due only to the Lord and to his Lamb, to the God who revealed himself and the God who acted to save us. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to to having you with us again next time.